Hello, and I'm the flavor of Brian Dawn. I'm the flavor of Kathy. And uh, this is an as-yet-untitled podcast about the world of things that we wish we could explain about reality TV and the world of reality itself, uh, but have yet the vocabulary, have yet to gain the vocabulary to explain. Um, and hopefully, if you ever tune to another episode of this podcast, the intro will be much smoother than that. Um, hello, Kathy. Hi, good afternoon. Yes, hello. And, and um, are we saying, are we revealing our secret locations? Are we, do, we, do people know generally where we are? I would, well, I'd, I'm okay with that. Yeah, I'm in, I'm in Santa Fe, New Mexico, which is a, uh, you know, kind of commonly understood through Western movies and things of that sort and through tourist guides. So I think for a lot of people, it is also not a real place. Yes, unless you read the USA Today 50 State section, which is the one of two cities that they ever report out of Albuquerque or Santa Fe. <laughs> Apparently, to the rest of the country, those are the two that count. Um, and, uh, and I used to live there. Uh, and also, but I am located in Florida now and uh, in Cape Coral, the, uh, let's see, second out of four of the uh, communities in our area that are the uh, top five fastest growing communities in America. It's a gigantic mess of real estate um, scams and investments. <laughs> it's the capital and origin of all of that, actually. And we're picking it back up. Well, so we have you all to thank for that then. Yeah, you have us in 1950. I could tell you the whole story. Read the guy's biography. <laughs> yeah, Oh, really. my God. It all started here. We live in, uh, okay, here in uh, sunny Cape Coral, Florida. We have over 50 miles of canals that were dug exclusively by giant caterpillar excavators, um, some 10 to 15, 20 feet deep. Uh, it's the largest earth-moving project at the time in the entire world. And a majority of caterpillars... A uh, fleet of uh, excavating vehicles in the entire world released to the company that built Cape Coral in five years and dug all those canals. It's completely incredible and, and a forgotten wow. page in history. Yes. Unbelievable. People came from around the world to drive those excavators because there wasn't enough people um, to man them. And uh, yeah, but... <laughs> Anyway, how fun. Well, yeah. So like, no, yeah, no, clearly. So like, I mean, that's fascinating to me, I think also just because of um, the way that like the image of Santa Fe and of New Mexico, like was sold as like a, like a Disneyland tourism, like it feels like they were selling like the the like Star Wars hotel. That's what I was trying no, to think uh, of, absolutely. right? Absolutely, yeah. And, and and this town was it is sold as like the vacation uh, re residential par like uh, prototype paradise. It was the place where you could like go and build a house and then buy the property next door, the empty lot, and then like sell that to someone in the future because they basically guaranteed as it did come true. And that's why like all the books make sure to like say like yeah, these people were total scam artists, but. Everything they said, just luckily enough, even after they were way out of the picture, everything ended up like working out for like the common person who like bought a home. Their price went up, the the, the value of their home went up like you know fifteen hundred percent by the time they ended up selling it. You know, thirty years later. So um, weird community, very weird community. Everything is very very strange here because um, like no one works here. Like everyone who lives here works in another city, and so um, like. And most people who work here live somewhere else, too. So it's one of those kinds of communities where, like, everyone's servicing each other's needs in a very uneven and bizarre way. Um, but, mm. Yeah, we know those. 
I mean, wow. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's fascinating to think of. I mean, I just because it, it feels also like, I mean, having no concept of where you are, like, a, like having never been there is maybe the way I want to say it. Yeah. You know, uh, physically, I mean, right. Like, yeah. um, I guess. Yeah. It's hard. It's all, but I grew up. I grew up in like a suburban hellhole, right? Like yeah. I grew up on the West Coast, so it's yeah. like, I like kind of uh, like Lakewood, California, was also one of these like subdivision suburbs. That was like the first one. There was also a very famous book written about that, uh, but I think it was J D Waldy or D J Waldy. I don't remember his name. I think it's Waldy, but it was about like what it's like to have created these like suburban subdivisions out in california yeah i have i have a stack of these books and, and they actually did they mentioned in these that they copied like the california model of like the earlier part of the century for this in terms of like how they developed um uh they made sure they had like the cul-de-sacs at the end so that you could it provided um it basically got like two extra lots out of streets but it also provided like um i don't know it had like there's research into the mental security that like having a little loop at the end of your street is like a whole selling point, which is very interesting. Um, that started in France, actually. Uh, anyway. Oh, hence the cul-de-sac. <laughs> yes, exactly. Fucking of course. We weren't just, <laughs> we weren't just being like Lottie da fancy. Like. Um, but yeah, us, us book readers, as we're t- talking about reading books about, about the uh, reality world. So that's a little bit about us. But let us um, start at least discussing um, where like perhaps the origins of our idea for what we're going to talk about here comes from. Um, I, uh, we were chatting, I believe. Uh, one of us were talking about something and the Kardashians came up. And I realized that a lot of people have opinions about the Kardashians. And I think you probably have an opinion about that as well. You, you realize that like a lot of people have opinions without even like having seen or understood reality television or any of that in general. Um, how, how do you? Oh, f- I mean, yeah, <laughs> I mean, I guess I should rephrase <laughs> the question is this, like a lot of people seem to have uh, informed in quotes opinions about reality television without ever av- actually having watched it or enjoyed it or uh, seen it for what it is, and I feel like that's the barrier to having that uh, like a uh, educated discussion with most people who would actually look at it in an educated way or in any way that is other than what exactly it is on the face of it um, because people don't even want to look at it in the first place. Um, yeah, there's something that's like it, it's like. Like, I think also of like proto reality TV, right? Which was like talk shows like Donahue or yeah. um, early Oprah. And then, of course, Jerry Springer, right? Absolutely. Where those were also things that were, they were fake, they were false. They weren't like, yeah. they were narratives too, except everyone was like, oh, look, those people are really fighting over <laughs> that woman or whatever. And it's like, yeah, no, they're not. Like, yeah, it was still like, I totally threw that yeah. punch. That's not real. Yeah, it was manufactured. Um, even though I'm sure some people actually were like, you know, but, but it becomes like one of those, like, which came first, right? Like, right. Were they enticed um, to do it after they saw some action or yeah. (laughs) And then like, how weird were they in the first place? Right. Like, yeah. Or did, did people start, um, did people see the imitations or manufactured, uh, scenarios and then did normal people or, you know, people who wouldn't have otherwise acted like that in that scenario then, uh, act out the um, sort of 
created scenarios. Because like, I felt like reality TV kind of went that path as well. Because I feel like there's definitely a cast of, of people in reality TV who are like aware that of how a reality TV show works. And there's people in the cast who are like, they're, you know, for the fame and the fortune, just like everyone else, but aren't like f- fully aware that they're on like a TV show and how that works. Have, have you ever? Have you noticed that before? Yeah. So, so here is here is a really wild story. Okay. Yeah. Um, again, speaking as someone who loves reality TV, like yeah. this was like the greatest thing. So, um, my goodness, I think I was in college. So this would have been around early two thousands, let's say. Um, yeah. And by this point, my parents are retired. They're like they've literally got nothing better to do at this point. Um, and um, So my dad, in typical dad fashion, who lives in, like, the L.A. area, he starts going to, like, TV tapings because, like, they're, like, free. You, like, sign up. And, yeah, no. So he's, like, let's go to the prices, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. I love this. So all kinds of shit, right? So, and again, in California and in L.A. specifically, right, like, you could sign up for, like, anything. They also had, like, test screenings of, like, the new sitcom. Didn't matter. Yeah, it's a cornucopia of offerings for sure, yeah. So my dad um, and some of his friends, and again, he's like an older gentleman at this point, right? Like he's not like <laughs> yeah. a 20 year old. Um, there was during this time a talk show called Jose Luis Sin Censura, which is like the Latin American version of Jerry Springer. Okay. Okay. Like and saucy, it taped in. Like real saucy. Oh, yeah. There's always like, you know, and like, it's always like, my husband is having an affair, you know, and then they yeah. bring out some like a hot model, right? Exactly. Who's like scantily clad, but then we're supposed to believe she's like a real human being as opposed to like <laughs> involved a in a scenario. Yeah. Right. Um, and uh, so it, it was sensational, right? And again, like Latin American television also is very like big on tits and ass. So, like, you know, everyone's a little bit extra scantily clad because this was, again, like, I don't know if folks have ever seen, like, Sabado Gigante and shit like that, but, like, tarted up, right, like, like bimbofication of television, yes, right? Yes, yeah. It, um, it's like, uh, it's clickbait in the visual form, yes. Absolutely. And, and uh, it, you know, that that's, like, I think a different story, too, but mm. let's just, like, I'll just leave Fair it enough. there. yeah. And so... So this talk show, Jose Luis Sin Censura, my dad and like a couple of his like golf buddies or whoever the fuck, they all go. And like the three of them, because they're like older and distinguished looking, they're not just in like jeans and T-shirts. They, they like look like they're kind of like messed up a little. Um, the producers approach them while they are in the audience. Okay. And the producers are like, yeah, we're looking for like people who like, you know, we're like in the middle of writing the fake story that you're all about to watch. And so they like cast my dad and a couple oh, of his friends shit. in this. Yes. Okay. So oh now, oh my God, this isn't this even is the beginning of the story. Okay. So yes, please. I want to hear all so, of it. So, oh my God. No. So my dad had told my mom, I'm going to be out with the buddies for a little while. He comes home incredibly late. Okay. Because he was now involved in the taping. If he had just been like the regular audience member, he wouldn't have gone through hair and makeup and all of these things, right? Oh my, yes. So he gets home and he's like, man, have I got a story for you. So he tells my mom everything that happened. 
very hilarious. But to them, it was just one more outing out in Hollywood. Like it was they may as well have just like walked by a set, you know, like that is also very common. They're filming on location. You're just some dipshit walking by. (laughs) You get to say you're on the new whatever. Like, yeah. The seventh and, episode and of then, Bosch season five. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, and and then and then it just they forgot about it. Okay. Yeah. My mom that week, like, you know, we're talking on the phone. I'm in college, and she's like, eh, Isn't this really funny? Look at what happened with your dad. And I was like, Yeah, no, that's cool. That's great. Like, I'm glad he's staying busy, right? Like, I'm glad he's out of the fucking house and not yeah. just driving you nuts, right? Yeah. Like, um so fast forward. Some months go by, okay? But Jose Luis Sin Censura is seen up and down Latin America. Okay. Okay. So. I can. All right. You can kind of see where this is going. So my aunt in Mexico City calls my mom, okay, and is like, "Um, I need you to sit down. If you like, I have to give you some news. This is like super serious. (laughs) And she's like, and my mom's like, okay, like someone just fucking died, right? Like, and my aunt is like, your husband is leading a double life. And my mom is like, what are you talking about? Like, and she's like, I just saw your husband on TV because he <laughs> swindled some young girl out of her recording oh, contract money. My God. And my mom fucking loses it. She like That's just incredible. like starts cracking up and amazing. she's like and she's like no, no and then so she starts she starts explaining to my aunt no like months ago he went to this taping and they cast him as so they cast my dad as the like crooked recording contract artist. Oh. And they nice. had some like they had some like tarted up little girl like like you know like like you know she probably actually is trying to get a recording contract even. Yeah. Right? So my dad's friend, one of my dad's best friends plays that young lady's dad. Okay. okay. All right. So when we see the episode, we see my dad and like his best friend golf buddy <laughs> pretend to fight each other. And they all have different names. Oh like his God. name isn't, That's... you know, my dad's name. They just gave him like John Smith or whatever, yeah. you know. Right. And so like, but again, like we already knew all this. So like whatever and so but my aunt sees it and she's like i'm convinced that like he's leading a double life he's got like really this other name yeah like she bought it like she believed it was totally true and my mom had a really hard time convincing my aunt for a few minutes (laughs) yeah longer than it should have taken like that no it was all fake Because she was That's like, incredible. but Jose Luis Censura like, wouldn't do that. And we were like, dude, yeah. it's Jerry Springer, you know? And she's like, guess Jerry Springer, you know? And I was like, yeah. what the fuck? <laughs> but that, that shows like the the kind of like the veil that can even for, for all viewers of, of anything, really, that the veil that can be dropped over our eyes and, and like, like even in the face of like, you know, a real person in our lives, like being like, we can't see through it. So I, that's, that, that's an incredible story. I love that. I should we we taped it we so like somewhere like in our family house like I don't know where it is it's on VHS somewhere though right I will happily transcode that for you I have all the tools (laughs) I would love to see that (laughs) that's incredible 
Oh my god. That's like uh, a, a way better story than I could have anticipated for our first episode. I'm so happy to hear that. <laughs> Thank you. No, I mean, reality TV is actually kind of important to me. It's like, yeah. I mean, I, I, I make this joke about being like lowbrow and highbrow, but it's like, yeah. it is also about like cinema verite, right? Oh, There's completely. something that's very like, like, you know, isn't that what my dinner with Andre is? Yeah, you know? exactly. Like that's reality completely. TV. The, it, it actually, oh. Shit, I've never thought of it. That, that's fuck. Yeah, it is. It's just. Too, it's just essentially. It's eighty-eight minutes of two guys having reality TV, but in front of movie cameras instead of like television cameras. Yeah. Oh my. God. Yeah, it's it's Anthony Bourdain talking to somebody his, on his tour. They're just at yeah. a restaurant. That's all they're doing. Yeah, you're right. I never. Oh, and, and the Anthony Bourdain thing. He was clearly inspired to like by his entire show. He was like, well, what if we just did that with like seventy-seven different people? Like, I never thought about that. Wow. That's even like his entire interview style is just like, I'm going to pretend like we're having like a pre-produced discussion by just thinking about it a little bit before I show up. Yeah. Incredible. Wow. Well, you've certainly opened my eyes on several subjects there and certainly the viewer. Yes, that's the viewer. You at home are the viewer because we're talking about reality television and thus you are the viewer. So thank you. No, and I love that it's not even like reality TV right now. It's like reality radio. Yes. See, exactly. I was actually thinking about this a little bit. Like, um, what if we had, like, the concept completely needs, to, I mean, it, let's say this. It already does exist because that's kind of what we're doing right now. But I would also say that um, we're, like, self-casting our own reality audio program. Um, but I would say that, like, yeah, the the in the way that all reality shows um, demonstrate the uh, vision of the creator, which I think like, uh, honestly, the one that shows it the most is, is catfish. I think Neve's like a vision through like, like that show is like his eyeballs. Like I feel like completely, but um, like, I feel like all reality shows show the creators. Like if you watch big brother, for example, the creators of big brother, especially the first couple seasons, they're evil. (laughs) Like they're they're out for those people. They watched that UK show and got all the wrong ideas. Like I don't know. That's how I feel about the first season anyway. Because they're like in rough. Never. So I never saw that one because that one actually did feel like a little like too dystopian. Yeah. Is that weird? Like it was just. It was called Big Brother, so it was, like, on the nose to be dystopian. But it really was, because, like, there was, like... And also, they let them drink for the first few seasons, and then they took that away, I think, at some point, because they all turned into what you could assume happens to someone when you lock them up for months and just give them infinite alcohol, basically. Um, Not very entertaining, as it turns out. And actually, now that I think about that, right, like, I think the reason that Big Brother felt more dystopian to me is because it it was like diving right in. Yeah. To like this constant being monitored. Yeah, it's dropping with the like, whereas like with the dating shows, I feel like, I mean, they are ethically questionable, for sure. Like kind of everywhere. And uh, I mean, we haven't even gotten into the like weird murder suicides that happen. And I want to approach that for every level. uh, Love Island, especially. (laughs) Love Island. I watched Love Island season three. And then, you know, the person I was watching with was like, by the way, when we get to season four, there's going to be a big change. And we're going to watch the first episode. And then you can go search and look up those things on your own. And I was like, 
okay, what's going to happen? And I was like, I didn't obviously didn't expect that, which we can talk about maybe in its own and its own on it at some point. But like, man, yeah, you're right. It's it's the ethical like it started questions. with like um, like the dating shows that I remember. Like the first one that I remember was Studs. Was that the one? I don't that was know. Like Gigolos or. Yeah. So like, well, it was like, like they, they would, they would go out on dates and they like would have like little hearts if they like got questions, oh. but it was like, yeah, like it, but it was very like sexy TNA and there were a oh. lot of like parodies about it. Like I seem to remember like, really? okay. I think there was like a Mr. Show parody of it. <laughs> okay. There were definitely like SNL parodies of it. Cause this was like early nineties. This is what I remember. Yeah. Um, everyone's in like Z Cavaricis. Oh, you know? okay. yeah. I, I know. Yes. Yes. The genius um, for our viewers. Yeah. Now. No, I mean, I'm dating myself, right? Like I, like I'm, I'm older, you know, but, um, we'll let the those, viewers... those all felt like people slutting it up. It's really what it was. And it's also like prototype Tinder. That was what it was. So oh, it was like, oh, yeah. Cause, cause they'd go the, on a date, they'd hook up, and, like, there were always those, like, implications that they, like, definitely hooked up, you know? Yeah. It wasn't, like, the dating game, which was still a little bit wholesome, you know? Yeah, and reality TV series in the early 90s especially really played around with, like, leaving it ambiguous as if people were, like, doing things or not. Like, I know Real World was kind of like that. They were like, ooh, there's a sock over the door handle, question mark, or something. Like, that was, like, as most as they would show in the first couple seasons, um, as far as I've been watching lately. <laughs> Um, I've been really turning the clock back and going back to the beginning of all of this stuff. And really, I mean, that's really what got my brain thinking about all this and even what made me start watching the Kardashians in the first place. Because I was like, okay, if I'm going to do this, I need to jump in all the main arteries. And that got me to the beginning. So I looked at some Big Brother and then I watched the beginning of the real world. And then I was like, well, I'm just going to jump up to the meat. Let's see like what actually made this a genre for the last 15 years. And so... Uh, yeah, I'm halfway through that. I'm like right up to the part where, uh, let's see, Lamar is out of the picture. I think it's like 2014, 2015 somewhere. I've watched well over 150 episodes wow. of all the, all the shows, all the spinoffs in chronological order. I'm just making a, a research dive. Although I have to say, like, I don't want to make it sound like it's work because it's a lot of fun. I've been really enjoying watching the show. It's, it, there's so many things to look at and pause it constantly, especially if you're watching with someone else. There's like infinite number of things to discuss and i that's controversial opinion there's probably more better seasons of the kardashians than there are more better seasons of the simpsons i'll say this i'll say this i'll take any kardashian vacation i bet you haven't even seen half of them yet i'll take any 90 minute or two hour kardashian vacation episode over the simpsons movie how about that or, or most movies, honestly. <laughs> I love those vacation episodes. They're so good. They're like the perfect encapsulation. It shows you everything. You got like the central characters. It's like a, it's like an anime OVA, basically. <laughs> it's like My you, God. you have like uh, you have a little bit of the uh, encapsulation of the story. You're getting some side characters. And if I was really going to present, if I wanted to show anyone something Kardashians, what I would do is I would show them the Chris Humphreys vacation they took to where, let's see, um... Uh, it's the quote where we get to have Bruce saying, we're going to, what does he say, the island? Like, we're going to this island and nobody, everyone's face is, we don't want to go on this vacation, Dad. And it's like, cool. We're going to oh watch this. God. Everyone hate this so much. Like, Oh, my God. Yeah. It's like, it's like it's, well, well, that's like, that even sounds funny, right? Because like. Yeah, it is funny. Then that sounds, us. well. 
it's funny for us, yeah. right? But like, isn't that like the whole premise of like National Lampoon's Vacation, right? Yeah. Like, oh, dad's making us go to Wally World, and none of us yeah. really fucking give a shit, exactly. right? Like, yeah, it's like it's a dream. But like, of... it's like they're human, just like us. Like, I didn't want to go to Big Bear but and fucking you... sleep on the ground. But you know? then you end up somewhere with your parents, and like seventy-five percent way through the trip, you have that fifteen minutes there where you're feeling like, well, I'm gonna remember this fifteen minutes, and then this will kind of all be worth it to me in the future. At least that's what you think as an adult. You're like, oh, that fifteen minutes made the whole thing worth it. You know, when I went to. New Mexico as a 13-year-old, and we were in a camper or something like that. Like, yeah, that was great. You know, I saw the Grand Canyon. That's kind of what I remember. I also remember going past the Jean Cocteau, specifically, in Santa Fe, and I remember seeing Double Jeopardy was in theaters. <laughs> That's what I remember. So if you want to know exactly when I was uh, 13 and in, in Santa Fe, you could find out when that was in theaters, and that's when it was. <laughs> wow. Starring uh, Tommy Lee Jones. Uh, yeah. Wow. Let's That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I think it would be like 1995, maybe. Like, I don't know. Oh, speaking of, I wanted to ask you one, one Santa Fe thing. Yeah. This has been on my mind for yeah. a while. Uh, do, do, do you know, um, how much time how, do you spend, like, in, or have you spent, like, in bars, like, around, like, or sitting at a bar in, like, downtown? Um, I... Um, I, I, well, in the pre-pandemic times, I, that was like my favorite activity cool, that was is mine. sitting at a bar. Yeah. And, you know, whether that was like, I was, I am definitely the person who brings a book to a bar because you can't drink at a library. And that's really, that's really it for me. Like, <laughs> I used to just sit there and I mean, you can time. So yeah, that was me. I was that guy. That was awful. <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, no, no. Less, uh, less these days, but like, because now I just like pick the one that has the nicest like open air patio. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. And I won't make you say which one that is, but, uh, I used to, <laughs> I used to sit all the time in a beautiful open air patio right on the plaza over there at draft station. That was my spot. I used to post up there. Mm -hmm. And when I used to go there all the time, I used to see a man named Wild Bill. Do you know Wild Bill? Do you ever meet Wild Bill? Have to draw oh. something for you? Um, do you mean, well, cause, cause, well, I know a different wild bill that He's just passed. Oh, is it that man? There was, I hope not. Um, because hopefully there's more than one wild bill. The yeah. wild bill that, um, is like a Santa famous celebrity That's was him. the fellow who, um, he also sold newspapers though. And yes. he sold them over by, I used to buy his by, newspapers right by my house. Yeah. Yeah. I know. So I'm, I, it Rest sounds like it might be the same. Yeah, no, Rip Wild Bill. Wild yeah, Bill. I'm sorry. I wish I still had some of his drawings. He used to draw me stuff all the time. He used to talk to him. All, that's what I was actually asking. I was like, I wonder how the world's treating Wild Bill. So I'm going to pour, um, pour one out. Well, tell me, unless you want to pour one more. out for Wild Yeah, pour one out for Wild Bill. No, he. Um, uh, it only happened, I think, within the last month as well, because, you know, he posted up at a pretty regular location. He was over yeah. there behind the CVS. I used like, to be worried when I didn't see him in the morning. Yeah. On the way to the old community college. No. Yeah, shit. Well. So. Well, I have. But, uh, but like, now. everyone in the neighborhood, like, set up, like, a nice little, like, flower shrine for yeah we miss you wild bill and like it was really sweet you know and yeah no it's yeah well he was a local character I, i'm i'm very mm -hmm. yeah and we, we spent many hours talking over at evangelos and uh, i remember nick trying to kick us out over and over because we, we would just sit there and i would keep drinking but he wouldn't <laughs> he wanted us to go somewhere else 
So Evangelos was the first bar I went back to after we all got vaccinated and like yeah. the world felt a little bit Good. safe. Yeah. yeah, that's my favorite like spot before right before I left. So, oh no, is it gone now? Okay. No, 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 it's great. Okay. It's still okay. there. It's okay. still there. No, the funniest thing though was that like because it was like our first time out like in however long by then. Yeah. Uh, you know, maybe I got a little too tipsy. Mm-hmm. I lost my phone, but was do my work phone even. And oh. I was like, oh shit, like I have yeah. to go look for it. And I was like, but like the find my phone app is definitely saying it's at Evangelos. And Evangelos is like, we don't see it. Like we've looked everywhere. And I, and I was like, no, like it's somewhere. And I was like, please let, like it says it's still there. So I know it's still there. Um, I dropped it somewhere. Can I come look? And they were like, yeah, come on in or whatever. I had dropped it in the trash can. Wow. And they had not quite yet taken the trash out because I went like first thing in the morning yeah. and I was like, I know you guys are just getting here. Yep. Please. Wow. But I had to like, you know, like in this, like, like, in, like, I'm still like, you know, still scared of like germs and everything. Yeah. And I have to be like, great. At least I have lots of hand sanitizer upon my person to disinfect the phone. Wow. Yeah, well, I, I've um, I've been peeled up off the street outside that place. I've been uh, I, I'm Kiki's defended me from people trying to beat me up because I was drunk and saying things to people. I think um, it's it's been a lot. So it's a special place for me. I've so. made a lot of poor mistakes at the Matador, mm, and me those too. mistakes have names. Yeah. I brought oh nice. I I brought James uh, Domian down there, and he fucking loved it and said it was his favorite bar he's ever been to. Um, so and then he probably forgot the entire experience because. He was so plastered, but um, that was a joy. What a, what a fun thing it is to run a comedy festival in Santa Fe. I'm that guy. If anyone remembers me, if the, the, there's two people that brought a comedy festival to, to the area. One of them was me, and uh, it was all right. I, I wouldn't do it again. <laughs> but, you know, it was all right. No, well, well, now there's going to be more because, like, obviously also in the last couple of years, more folks have moved yeah. their uh, film productions out here. I mean, and New Mexico is apparently already number three in film production. It was already like wow. L.A., New York, and then here. That's you know, awesome. um, I'm so happy to hear that. So now it's just like more of it, yeah. However, mm. all of the dipshits that I was trying to get away from in Los Angeles are now here, oh, right? So like, yeah, a lot. So of it, now. Yeah. Like, yeah, there's like, so I have these like hard and fast rules on my Tinder account like nice. here. Yeah, please. One of them, one of them is like if they're mountain climbers or they have enough pictures of the mountain climbing that it's like a lifestyle. Yeah. Like a, we're not going to be romantically compatible. I think like it's I, just not going to work. I have to say every time I was, I was always, I just think of Brian Laundry now. Whenever I think of the hiking guy, mm -hmm. I just think of Brian Laundry, and I can't, I can't not think of it. And it's just, or when I think of the van girl, unfortunately, I think of that poor, poor girl, and I just think of like, oh, it's just, yeah. Oh. The other one is if they're doing like a yoga pose, like at sunset, and they like whatever it is. Also, nope, immediate no. That means they have a um, friend willing to take pictures of them for their Tinder profile, which is. I mean, no, no, no that's fine. <laughs> okay. That's cool, right? That's, no, that's I don't good. Know. I don't know where I was going I... with that. I'm sorry. <laughs> that's me reading way too much into a picture. 
no, no, no. It's it's just like I know we're not gonna have it. Like it's ultimately not compatible, yes. right? Because I'm gonna be like, I wouldn't have. One I want to fucking so, yeah. smoke this wax on mm-hmm. the couch, and go. they want to like go like traipse up a mountain. And I'm gonna be like, okay, bye. And then they're gonna be like, why don't you care about my interests? You know, and yeah. it's just like, yeah, yeah. Here- um, but I feel in a, in LA that same rule was if they were like doing open mic. Ah, uh, yes. No, yeah, because, like, it's going to be most people are like, that was, in fact, I would say even before the podcast, that would have been the guy who was like, oh, yeah, I'm doing, like, I'm doing, like, open mic, and they're that guy. They think they're on the very fringe of something, and they're not even, like, in the world. Yeah. That's good stuff. Those open mic guys are now here a lot, because now they're working here. Or casted here. Mm, <laughs> shit, did we do that? So, did did I? Because yeah. I, I brought like eighty small time comedians, and basically, I, I I've heard this. So I've I've talked to a lot of stand up comedians since the comedy festival, and they are, they tell me like all the time, like, oh yeah. So I I heard about that like on those like you know because they have like message boards and stuff where these guys like talk about their. I don't know, places they can put entries into and whatever. And, and they've talked about the comedy festival in there. So I've heard like so many people who didn't even go or were, were invited or even applied or anything. They're like, oh, yeah, that's that, that thing. I was like, did we do like the best version ever of like a thing that barely even made enough money to pay for itself? Because like and then totally forgot about it because bizarre, totally bizarre to me. Also, I would say that Santa Fe in general, maybe you've noticed as well, but like I feel like Santa Fe has exploded in profile in general over the last like seven ish years just in a national scale like um even shows like bojack has like a whole storyline which is weird that goes to santa fe um uh even um the other netflix show uh, grace and frankie has a whole like series of episodes that take place in quote santa fe which they do a bang up job making it look like a santa fe person's courtyard essentially I mean, and Alec Baldwin made this place number one with a bullet. Yeah. Oh, bam. Please. Please, sorry, let's sorry, talk. Sorry, my let's, apologies. No, please, let's talk. Well, I mean, uh, rest in peace to the young lady, but I, I do want to use that uh, that emotional aggression and feeling against the Alec Baldwin uh, defense case is how I'll frame it. Mm-hmm. That dude is up to something. That's all I'm saying. There's definitely something going on with that, and I don't know exactly. I mean, I'll what say it is. this: like, I, I also think, like, I and I, I feel like you know, to to also talk about the simulacrum, right? Like everyone out here, because it's like still the wild west or whatever. And I think if they're especially if they're filming a fucking western, right? Yeah, they. Like, like uh, they're just so cavalier with it, and I'm just like, have you never actually really handled the gun? Like, it's kind of something that it feels like. Yeah, they were shooting cans with six guns, like literally, like in the old west, like just shooting, like on set, unbelievable. Like, yeah, they're really getting in the character, great, but not with like live ammunition. Like, what are you doing? And and I just and and, like I just I don't understand how like I mean here everybody I know who has a gun, incredibly with it like yeah. you know like and and um it's all the time i want to like like i know how i win political office here I, I don't need to have a platform even like i know that all i need to do is two things yeah. ride into the plaza on a horse uh-huh yes that'll get you big points and sh- and shoot a coin out of the air yeah but in my head i was like no i'm not gonna actually shoot a coin out of the air what i'm gonna do is i'm gonna have a like a cap gun with blanks and then like a squib of a coin. Like it's not going to be real. Like it's movie magic. And, you, and, and, and then, that, but and then here's you can all sell these it as movie magic. Yep. 
mm-hmm. you know, being like, no, we're actually going to do it. I'm like, you don't need to. That's, that's the whole play. Isn't that what Ricky J taught us about like <laughs> Hollywood effects? Like I would say, it I can would say even be... this, I would say even mm-hmm. this, I would say, um, oh, well you finish your thought, please. Uh, oh, well it was just like, well, because I think about like Ricky Jay, like the magician and like all of the like work that he did in Hollywood around like camera tricks and like creating the illusion of reality. Right. Like because here we are yeah. back to, you know, the real topic. Right. Which right. is like this is why I think like reality TV also confuses all these things. Right. Like exactly. it creates a reality out of a fiction and it creates a fiction out of a reality. Right. So like now it's everyone's just confused. Yeah, um, people have got so good at building, building the false walls that everyone feels. Well, at some point, it's all we need, because the only thing that exists in front of us for us to assess the world is the false walls. And everyone's putting up their own more and more all the time. So you get lost in this fictional world, essentially, that we've created. It's a different version of the real world, but it's so foreign and from so many different vectors because everyone has their own motivations and feelings and emotions about everything. And seemingly, at a growing pace, everyone has a, a, an opinion about everything, which isn't necessarily a problem, but it is. it make, creates a more complex world, for sure. Um, uh, in that you can't direct thought as easily as you used to because a lot of people are starting to think for themselves and and it's not even about having like the correct idea or thought. It's just, there are new thoughts. There are new ideas, new threads for people to get distracted by or, or taught maybe a a truth by, but either way it's, it's um, nobody's really assessing those things as they travel those paths, which in the world of reality TV is exactly the point because you are watching it, and 95% of the time, you're not thinking about the fact that it's reality TV. You're thinking about the fact, or that it's manufactured, or that it's set up, or that it's produced even. You're just thinking about the fact that Chloe is telling a funny joke to make, you know, um, Chris look like an old lady or something. And that's, even though she may actually do that in real life, she is doing that because the cameras are on. And, and, and we're not even thinking about that while we're watching it. I... Well, like, it it also reminds me of the, like, the whole thing about being a documentarian. Yeah. Right? Like, if we're going to talk about, like, real reality film, right? Um, Every documentarian acknowledges that you can't film your subject without changing it. Exactly. Because they know that they're on somehow, right? Like, Great Gardens is like that. Um, Even the best of Errol Morris is like that. Like, Yeah, yeah. And um, I'm thinking especially of the one Harlan County. Have you seen Harlan County? It's like, that's a big one because the, people are constantly confronting the camera all the time and that they wouldn't be doing that at all. And in, these are in very tense scenarios where obviously, I don't know if anyone's mm-hmm. not seen it, there's like literally guns. People are shooting and, and, and such like on union picket lines. So, mm-hmm. uh, but at mean, in the meantime, people are also turning and like mugging to the camera. So it's it's very... You're not getting to see what's actually happening. You're getting to see what people are doing in front of a camera or what police are doing in front of a camera specifically in a lot of those cases. Uh, Yeah. Well, and how like also cameras have also like, like it's funny because they're like the, like the camera very intentionally is changing a person's behavior, right? They're pausing and mugging and, you know, breaking that wall. Um, but like now, like no one, I don't want to say no one gives a shit. It's just that everyone is acting like the cameras are always on. Oh, everyone's and had they their own either... 15 minutes. So they don't need to do the mugging anymore. Now they're just 
they're they and because it's inconsequential right because like the cops don't change their fucking behavior just because cameras are suddenly around and that's been proved over and over yeah we'd like to believe that they it would have right and instead they're just like yeah fuck you film this what are you gonna do about it you know yeah and they know they know what we know in that they know that film it fine what's gonna happen exactly we know that they know that nothing happens so yeah and that yeah from and if it if it works that way with people in authority it works that way for everyone else below authority as well so i mean yeah it's actually funny to think how it really does once again yes what what should we call should we uh, should we craft a term for this veil that uh, has been constructed or or i don't want to say that it's been assistively constructed by reality tv but has real i'll ask this question then how about this has reality tv assisted in permeating the veil that we perceive of reality and like what is hmm, our, has reality TV made it easier for us to confuse what is really happening versus what we think is happening? Cause I would say yes in our culture anyway, cause we've consumed it's- so much of it. It feels like funhouse mirrors, but like not the like distorted ones, the ones that create like all of the like different images of it. You know, like there's that, um, uh, I forgot which one it is, but there's a famous Orson Welles movie where they're like shooting in the funhouse and like, you know, trying to find who's the actual whatever. Um, I think it's Lady from Shanghai. Doesn't matter, but it's one of those. It's one of those, right? Um, And so... But that's what it feels like, right? Like, we're trying to shoot the real Kim Kardashian. And I mean that in the camera shoot, right? Like, not in the Kanye West way. Fuck that guy. Right? Like, we're trying to, like, capture through the lens the actual person. But we're never going to be able to do that. One, she's never going to let us see that actual person. Right. Not while that camera's there. Like, that's the whole point. Only her mom probably and her sisters get to see that. Yeah. I assume. And then, and then everything else after that, it's also us, us projecting our image onto that as well. Right. Like, yeah. um, cause I feel like, like Kim Kardashian is, is, is like a, if I can put it in like this example, like she's neutral in this like dialogue and this discourse we're having, yes, 100%, she's yeah. really a reflection of what we're thinking about her. Right. So like, if someone's like, Oh, like she's so vapid, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I'm like, she's funny. She's what are you hilarious. talking about? She's like, so, you know, she's, she's hilarious. So smart. She's so smart. And, and you realize I, well, I'll say this, I'll speak for myself. I realized when I was watching that show that I had missed in the first by the end of the first season, I turned to the person I was watching it with and I said, I can't believe that I allowed myself to misperceive, one, what this show was, and two, what this entire family's position in life was, and three, like, just this entire genre of television. I, was, I allowed myself to let other people lead me to see this in a light that not only was it not at all, like, this isn't even how people watch this. It, I just, like, it opened my mind to, like want to move towards the media in general that I had always avoided. And when I, uh, and, and, dis- and also analyze why I avoided it in the first place. And when I realized, like, I, I'm still trying to think about, like, why I avoided it. And in this case, I really want to think about it a lot. But, like, with, with the Kardashians, I realized that, like, I would have had an amazing joy in my life for 15 years if I would have been able to uh, watch this 
and uh, I would have been able to have a valid opinion of it the entire time it was on and, uh, and experience it in real time instead of getting spoilers every time I get a notification from like USA Today about you know, Kanye doing something new or whatever. Well, and I also think like, I, I also think it's like, I think like the short answer is misogyny, but I also think that's like, it's too reductive. Yeah. Because that's still not really true, right? Like, there's yeah. there's something about it that's like, um, because she's like deliberately crafting this character in this way, yeah. right? So, like, the fact that people like respond to her, like, oh, she's so vapid, like, on some level, that's deliberate too, because that's how they underestimate her, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, and and like that's also part of it. That's also why people were like, oh, she's in law school, and I'm like. Yeah, her fucking dad was a famous attorney. What are you talking about? Like, there is yeah. no way she didn't go to the best schools in Los Angeles. I know she did, right? Absolutely, like, yeah. So, no, like, if you're like, I mean, but I but I remember doing that in law school, too, where, like, depending on who I was talking to, I would be like, oh, really? I didn't know that, even though I had done all of my fucking reading. The whole point was that they yeah. didn't know that I was about to wipe the floor with them. Because they were too busy thinking I was stupid. Because I was like, oh my God, well, the Constitution says this. And I need to say right? that that's, that's a genius move. That's a smart, amazing move. And I don't know why. Um, well, I'll say this. Imperceptible to most people uh, uh, of, that it would work on, I guess. <laughs> it, it just does. Uh, no, one, no one is ever looking for that, I, I guess is what I would say. No one, and, and maybe they should, but no one ever is. No one's ever looking for that. To see that well, because, well, because in order to be manipulative, you have to be smart, right? Yes, so if they think she's stupid, then she's not manipulative. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Right? So like, it's like a double win. Yeah. Because then they just think she's like, eh, I'm just using my womanly charm, you That's know, or exactly whatever. That's exactly it. Yes. That's it. And it works. Oh, yeah. See? That is genius. I really do yeah. feel that way. And I feel like, uh, just to, to speak about her sisters as well, I think Chloe is like one of the funniest people I've ever seen on camera. She is extremely fucking funny. Oh, and the whole family is. But man, like she, and she's the person who definitely has experience of severe, I mean, they all have obviously, but like she's gone through a lot. And I think that she, if you know, well, uh, in uh, certain family dynamics, she's definitely the person that pops out in my mind is that person in a family who's like keeping everyone uh, alive by making them laugh every once in a while. And uh, mm -hmm. she's really, really, really good at that. And I, you know, I feel some connection to all the members of the family, really, because I feel like I grew up in a family where like uh, business, let's say, was an ass was another member of the family. Um, and uh yeah, she's definitely the person who I feel like I identify with the most. I'm a Chloe, I would say. I'm a Chloe who wishes I was a Kim. See, so like, and it's funny because like I've never seen enough of the show to ever be like, oh, I'm a this one. Like, oh, okay. Well, and I, I actually, well, I mean, I'm just saying it no, like just for me, right? Yeah, like, absolutely. Um, but like, it, I, but I think that's also the interesting part of it, right? Where 
you do start to identify with characters. Oh, absolutely. Even though they're not, even though they're like, uh, once again, yeah, avatars for us to kind of process, or what would the literary term be? It's like uh, in a book, it's like a character that you're, is it avatar actually the word? Or I don't know. It feels like, well, anyway, I'll say avatar. They're avatars. I mean, we do. They're mirrors mm-hmm. for our own reflection. <laughs> How about yeah. that? Yeah. Yeah, we're seeing ourselves in them, right? That's what we're seeing because like somebody else is going to be like, no, she's like a girl boss and I want to be like her, you know, like, and that's what they'll take away. They won't take away that she's a dummy. They'll take away like, no, she's a savvy businesswoman. You can't be stupid and not be that successful anyway, regardless of whatever privilege she might have, right? Or that she had, if she was truly shitty, she wouldn't have made it. No. No, and, and she wouldn't have had the access in Hollywood and, and everything else. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and especially in her position, she, after essentially her icebreaker, her like cataclysmic icebreaker, there was no way that she couldn't go forward being exactly the crafty person she is, especially with regards to, you'll see, she mentions it a lot in the show. So I'm not even like reading this into her specifically. She says that. Because of the way that everyone was exposed to her, for the most part, initially, she feels the need to be incredibly conservative with her dress all the time in that she's already given the world everything she has to offer. So, like, why not get more creative with a different aspect of her personality? Now, whether that's for whatever purpose she is displaying that for the cameras or for the world at large, whenever we see her, she's always looking that way. I, like, I, um, like... The world did that to her in a way, but also she's like curating it in in a way that's like, yeah, no one ever says anything about that. No one's ever saying like, oh, Kim Kardashian's sh- showing too much. Well, they haven't since that magazine photo, I guess. Which, oh my. <sighs> I don't even, I haven't seen that in a while. It exists only as a, as a vague image in my brain, but. It's, it's an NFT. <laughs> Is it an NFT? No, it probably is. Oh, it's going to be if it be. isn't it, already. Oh, so there we go. No, we just spoke it into the world. And that's something I'm trying to like work my brain out of. Is I can't just say something and manifest it into happening. It has been happening a lot lately, but that's going to happen. That will happen. That that will be worth like, that will be her first NFT and it'll be worth like $7 million. I'll just say that. I've said those words. Now they'll exist. Um, <laughs> you know, I was actually trying to think. So like I was, while we were talking, I was also trying to think of what is like the first woman-centered reality show. The, the card- first woman-centered a- reality show. Hear me out. Are you ready? Yes, I am ready. I, I think. Yes. And I, you know, of course, without having like my like full encyclopedia of Hollywood here in front of me. Okay. I'm gonna say it's I Love Lucy. That's really fascinating. Yes, especially considering there's p- tons of uh, literal, you could pull lines from her actually saying that this is like influenced by my life. So yeah, absolutely. That's incredible. And self, self-penned. self So. And her, and her real, husband. you know, like, and her, and her husband, yeah. right? Like. It's all happening. I, Shit. Yeah. The neighbors come over. And every, right? it, it, oh my God. And you know what's even better? Every show it's been about a couple since then has been imitating that form in a way that's literally imitating reality. So you actually have like, it's the facade. Yeah, that's perfect. That fits perfectly. Yes, absolutely. That's on the record. And let's see, would, is there an earlier reality show period? Can that just be our earliest reality show ever? Because I'm willing to, uh, 
state, state that, I think. I mean, the ones that I know of specifically are like the ones on PBS. There's like 7-Up, which technically is like a documentary, so I don't even really know if that counts as like reality television. Although it was aired on PBS, I think, and BBC. Um, uh, there's that one, American Family or something, that was like 1960. So yeah, there you go. Uh, I Love Lucy, Lucille Ball and Desi Arnaz's I Love Lucy, America's, the world's first reality television show. Our untitled podcast has decided that. There you go. We're breaking. I mean, it's even, I mean, it's even got this. uh, Yeah. I mean, it feels like it's even got this like, right? Like I Love Lucy could just go right next to I Love New York. Yeah. Right. Like. I mean, no, it's, it's... I'm blowing my own mind as I think about no, this. No, it's, it's like... completely true. And realistically, if you think about it, like, yeah, the... the uh, and that's why it was so potent at the time. That's why it was so potent, unmatched, and when tried to be copied, it was always a failure because it was never the original article. Now, let's say you got together a husband and wife writing team, you know, like in the Talking Heads song or something, and, like, got, got them to, like, got those characters to make a show? Maybe it would have competed. I don't know, but... Um, yeah, nobody's ever done that. Nobody had the guts to say, hey, us as a couple, <laughs> we're going to do this. Yes. Well, we've... Well, uh, I mean, because I also yeah. remember that they, they were going to... I mean, she had to fight to get Desi Arnaz casted as her own husband. Because everyone watched, was like, oh, yeah. no, they can't have, like, a brown dude on TV, yeah. right? Like, Even though he was, like, a TV producer already, right? Yeah, crazy. Yeah. <laughs> like... He would have been potentially a decision maker on that. Yeah, that's that's wild. I need to watch. Have you seen all that latest stuff about um, all the latest content? There was like a, um, a was it a documentary that came out about them and their production of I Love Lucy recently, or was it a film? Oh, it was a movie. Yeah, no, I didn't see it. Okay, I haven't read. I don't the, think any I saw the reception it. on. It. I don't know if it was good or bad no. or anything. Okay, interesting. Me neither. No, it, I, th- I think it came out like what like. Like, it was, like, one of the first movies back in the pandemic. Like, and it was so I was still, like, I still am actually terrified of going into, like, a, like, an enclosed room. Yeah, I'm not into With that many people. Like, it still feels very terrifying. (laughs) Feel the same way. Uh, Hence, are probably are, are, like, falling back to watching a lot of reality TV. Yeah, absolutely. You know? Because then we're not just, like, watching the latest documentary at CCA or whatever the fuck is happening, you know? like Yeah, like, I feel like, I feel like at some point, I fell into it this way. I was watching, I watched every documentary that there was that was of relative interest to me that it was in the back catalog, and then it was, like, still available, and then I started watching all the fictional things that were hanging around, and then I got into... I basically worked my way through everything in my life that I wanted to get through, and then I was like, hmm, well, here are some things that I've always never touched why and i was like oh have, you know fuck it i'll just do this and then i realized my all these doors opened and then i started with love island actually love island season three i can highly recommend for anyone who wants to break ground on this just go watch love island season three and if you don't like it by the end um i don't know watch a different show <laughs> try a different one but that worked for me i went from a total hater of reality television and a person who wouldn't didn't take it seriously uh only let's say 18 months ago and I, from then, I've fallen in love and completely transformed my worldview on many things related to this show, not just reality television. And I would say that it has opened my horizons to many things, uh, including the Kardashians, which is a huge joy of mine now. So, I don't know. Weird. 
Well, see, but like now it makes me want to like watch all the seasons, right? Like, and there, there's like something like really funny about that too. in the way that like, like what you were just saying, right. About like, you had made it through like your back catalog of like the list of things you wanted to see. Right. Yeah. Like, so like as being like, you know, like a very high highfalutin, like yeah. cultured individual, right. Like, yeah. I want to see like every Errol Morris documentary. I yeah. want to see every Herzog film. I want to be able to say like check, 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 check yeah. in order. Put them on my letterbox. Yeah, be like yeah, I'm proud of myself. Um, the way we're completionists about like oh well, which version of Twin Peaks do you have? Do you have the pilot? You know, yeah, do you have it on exactly. VHS? Yeah. Right, like I see, and it. and yeah. like. Yeah, this this like this like also like this dichotomy of like that's serious art. You can do that with serious art, mm -hmm. right? Like, ooh, like you have a copy of the Cremaster Cycle or whatever, right? But like, no one's doing that shit with like, yo, you have a DVD set of Flavor of Love, season like, two only. That's fine. Let's yeah, jump in right at season oh, two. I'm down. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like I want that world though. I want that world. I want that world where like uh, twenty years from now, someone can say. I just picked up at the bargain bin physical media store season seven of I'll even say like uh, that gold rush show on discovery. It's a terrible show, but I'll say, I want them to pick it up and I want them to look at it like a historical artifact, like not like Tom Sawyer, but like Pulp Fiction written in like the sixties where there's like 4 million volumes of it. You can never read it all or appreciate all of it. So it's just kind of like one of those things you're going to pick up and like, it's like picking up a grain of sand on the beach and looking at it under a microscope. But basically in, in the cultural, it's in the landscape, it'll, the context on its own can be very educating. Cause a lot of these th shows, I will say, as someone who has watched a lot of Kardashians or watched a lot of this, I, I assume that you really could just kind of like, pluck your way through because they really do anytime there's some something you need to remember they're going to show it to you um, and most of the episodes are constructed in a way so that the only thing the only episode you're going to need to have seen is like the previous episode um in that i would say that you could pick up a reality tv show kardashian specifically you could pick up at the beginning of almost any season except for the spinoffs but you definitely want to start at the beginning because let me tell you like there <sighs> And I haven't said this yet, but there is there's some things in the pre in the first few seasons that presage so many things in so many people's lives, divorces and marriages and children and everything. If you just listen to what people say, everything makes sense. That's all I'm gonna say on that. We can perhaps as we actively look more into it, I actually do kinda wanna go back and watch like the first season again, just like kinda revisit like and get those like Oh, moments, this moments where I was like, oh, someone, everyone just said those things. and Everyone was mean or didn't defend this person or whatever. But later they, of course, would defend each other to the death, which um, just shows to go that uh, goes to show uh, how much of, um, uh, I would say this. Watch the Kardashians knowing, this is what the mindset that I, about season two, yeah. I, I, about season two. I said to myself, they're doing this on purpose. Not in that they're planning to like take over the world or any kind of scheme, but they had a plan about the arc they wanted the family to go on. They must have at some point had a group discussion and known certain things about each other, not about the whole everything. Definitely big things were left uh, unknown. I think only Chris and, and Bruce at the time in the context of watching the show through a lens of time travel, essentially is only why I would call him Bruce. But looking at those people on the show, having those conversations at that point, you can tell that Bruce and Chris are uh, 
having a discussion that is meant for camera, but also not for camera many times, and they have this look in their eye, like we need to talk about this somewhere else. Because the girl's joking about you having a ponytail, I know that's really hurting you a lot more than you're admitting, or like something like on that line. Like it's, there's a lot of that. And also I would say like even with um, Kim's love life, especially with, with uh, Chris Humphreys, especially, it is immediately obvious that everyone in her life thinks that that's a bad idea, and even she does. And for some reason, you know, she does what she does. Why do any of us? Yeah, Why do any me. of us? Oh, God. Though, right? no, like, I don't, this is also I only, I only have to self-reflect. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, but, like, that's, right, again, right, like, what we see in these folks is also, like, no, they're just like us. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. They make they make you know like I mean yeah I just made stupid jokes about like the mistakes I've made at Matador they have yeah. names yeah. right like, yeah there's a reason someone like, had to but, peel me up off the street in front of uh, uh, Evangelos because someone was having a but I knew full with me. well what I was doing yeah. you know yeah, like exactly. I didn't totally walk into that like oh, it's gonna happen like no I think I knew <laughs> I just knew it was only gonna be for a couple of days or something it's fine whatever you know. <laughs> Oh my gosh! Uh, wow, we've covered a lot of ground today. Oh, we sure did. No, we've all, and we've only begun to scratch the surface of I it. Know, I feel like because like. now excited, I just want to like, yeah, I'm like, oh, oh my god, like I'm like thinking just... about all my favorite documentarians and yeah. I love Lucy and I feel like I've just like read the table of contents. I've read like the first half of the table of contents. Like, We're gonna I'm outline it. We're gonna please. <laughs> we, yeah, I think we need to go in there because I'm. I want to make up like a reading list for us and for potential uh, viewers. Um, <laughs> we should, we should do, yeah, no, we should. I want, I mean, I know that like, you know, because of like, you know, royalties or copyright and all that shit, I don't think we could like riff tracks on them, Yeah, but, but like that might, you know, that might I be the exclusive a... Twitch content. Yeah, no, I think, no, for real. I think that kind of concept is a fantastic idea. I think that that's exactly, um, Already, what we've been putting on display for the viewer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're providing. Yeah, all it's the a little bit like that. And crave. Yes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No. This is this is like, and again, it's very highbrow. Yeah. I mean, we're going from like, yeah, like Flavor Flav to Louis Mall, you know, like, I, yes, so I, I there we go. Up, I held up a book to my podcasting partner at the beginning of this and showed that I'm reading a scholastic, a, a scholarly book about reality television that from, from, I would say, uh, not a leftist perspective, because that would be overly labeling who this person I don't know, but like, I would say from a point where they're, anal- they're literally breaking up chapters about analyzing everything, like about class specifically, um, and I would like to read from this book at some point, just because I find it's, because uh, I don't want to steal its opinions necessarily without attributing its author. And also I find that just like the first pair, like the first two pages of this book alone are like, I was like, well, I bought the right book for exactly what I'm looking into right now. Because also it was published like last month. So it's like totally up to date. Um, fantastic book. I tr- so there's my first recommendation. Um, if you can check it out from your local library, True Story by... Uh, Danielle J. Lindemann. She's written two other books, but this is obviously her best because <laughs> it's amazing. Wow. It grabbed me immediately. Um, yeah, please check that out. I don't know. Maybe your library has it. I haven't been to my local library lately because they never have any of the things that I want, like until six months. After you need to ask them. Yeah, no, you just you have to. 
put in the little request. I was obsessed there know? for a while. I really, well, I was going there like once a week. I was doing the whole thing, but then I was like, okay, I like got, once again, I got through the backlog and I was like, oh, all right, library, give me straight in the veins. What's, what do you got? And they're like, here's the latest, like, Christian youth author. I'm like, oh, that's great. And it's like, here's the latest, like, <laughs> Dean Kuntz novel. I'm like, oh, I, I mean, fine. It just came out, <laughs> but I'm here well, for Well, you know, Cor- uh, Cormac McCarthy just announced, right, that, like, he's going to be writing some new books. And I guess that really? announcement came. Yeah, Whoops. that announcement came here uh, somewhere in Santa Fe or something. I, I don't know if it's plural. It might be in, one. I don't know. In, does he live in town? Is he a town guy? He lives in town. I didn't know Apparently. That. Wow. I think he's out. I mean, he probably lives, like, a little outside. I'm going to okay. guess Galisteo. Who the fuck knows, right? I, I, but I'm going to list off all the celebs I know live in town real quick. I'm going to say say real quick. I know that Tommy Lee Jones live in, lives in Rio Rancho. Hello to Tommy Lee Jones. <laughs> so I'm going to say, I know that, um, let's see, I know that Doc Brown, one, uh, had his actual name in my head before I said Doc Brown. Oh, Christopher. Christopher Lloyd. One Christopher Lloyd. I saw him on the plaza. I know that he lives locally. I saw him with his granddaughter buying her silver jewelry. Um, I would say I also know, um, who else? I've seen... You go. I'm pa- passing to you. Val well, Kilmer is here. Is he? St- is, um, is he still around? Is he still chilling? I haven't seen him. I, right. I mean, but I, I don't think I would go to the places Val Kilmer goes. No. Uh, me personally, oh, you to, know. Well, he used to go to our places, which is kind of funny. He used to go to the Palace. I know. He used to. Oh. He had a record for going to the Palace, but. Well, the Palace, of course, is now oh, a highfalutin the... steakhouse, and yeah. all of the good things about it not there. Um, steaks are okay. It's oh, fine. Really? It's whatever. Yeah, it, I mean, it, it but was nothing like when I left, it was literally closed. So <laughs> I miss it. Um, apparently, Shirley MacLaine is still around and kicking. Um, oh. Gene Hackman is still around and kicking. Okay. Um, oh, um, uh, Tom Tom Ford sold his ranch, and then of course, really? you know, the most famous oh. <laughs> down the street from Tom Ford. <laughs> He is also no longer with us. Yeah, well, yes, of of, uh, debatable reasons. The man himself, uh, he lived in the area. And I would also say, say, um, one more man who is in the area is, well, it escaped me too as I was thinking about Jeffrey Epstein. (laughs) Um, Shoot, I can't, doesn't matter. There's a lot of, I'll put it this way. There are so many celebrity ranches in New Mexico uh, that uh, if we were to even begin to look in the public records and try to find out who's there, I bet you we'd run up a huge list just by the time we got started. I know that. And also, uh, I used to spend a lot of time around people who used to know a lot of people in, in the area, and they would talk about people all the time like as if they lived there, and they were extremely all very famous people. And I assume mm-hmm. that they all have ranches there. Like, I once, I once used a ticket that Paul Allen was supposed to take to go to an opera. Because someone knew someone. Like, that's the kind of people mm-hmm. who like, live in the area. So, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, no, and then, like, up, up north, right? Like, up by, like, Taos, outside of Taos, like, Ted Turner, of course, is still out there. Um, but yeah. he apparently is also, like, also hosting celebrity get togethers all the time still, because that's what they fucking do, I guess, right? But um, yes. that's all they do. You know, and again, now that there's even more production out here, I can't imagine yeah. <laughs> that they're not just like buying shit out in the middle of wherever, Absolutely. you know. And- I, I imagine everything is skyrocketing up there. And I imagine that the opera will also transition from uh, uh, as a as a it used to be like a 
it will be the gathering point for the producers and executive producers. Well, people above the line, let's just say, mm-hmm. in, in production. Well, that will be their gathering spot as the community grows. Uh, it already was when I was there, and that was three and a half years ago now. So, um, yeah. Well, I'm going to go see Weird Al at the Santa Fe Opera. Oh, is that tonight? NBD. No, tonight? not tonight. Oh. No, it's not until September. Oh, <laughs> well, I'll keep saying look for. I'll, I'll remind our viewers to keep telling you to look forward to that for six months. No, I know. I'm just saying. No, but like you know, but it is like it, you know, it's just kind of funny, right? Because it's like... my first concert right here in town, ten miles away, and uh, yeah, there you go. Beautiful setting. You'll get to see Weird Al at sunset. How awesome is that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How will, so... how will Weird Al employ the sunset? Will he? I, I don't know. I thought, you know, maybe I, I think it's in the little side theater. I don't think they're, they would let uh, him into like the real theater. You know, I don't know that it'll sell out. Like, I mean, but I don't know. I hope so. Right. I hope that like everyone in Santa Fe like flocks. They had the, to Jonas, the-, they had the Jonas Brothers. They had, uh, they've had some, cl- they had Coldplay once. Oh yeah, they've had some. Um, real... And then one, and then one time, Meow Wolf brought Portugal the Man to the convention center. Weird. They brought them. Yeah, up random. They have their own venue too. Well, I guess they didn't want a tiny, tiny venue for. A, yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Interesting. I used to go to that venue all the time. I know we should probably stop recording now. But, but I just, okay. Yeah. Right. Like yeah. No. Right. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, yeah, right. thanks for listening to us talk about uh, New Mexico for a while, and. Um, I'm sure that we'll join you again. Is there anything you'd like to say before we go? Um, this mm. is still an untitled podcast. You're allowed to come. Yeah. Up no. We'll. Yeah. Out. We'll have to like. Maybe we should. Maybe we should ask our audience. Well, yes. we'll. I'll make a post about it. We're yes. making a podcast about reality TV. Give us names, there you and go. then. And then we'll have it like a competition. And then whoever like comes up with the best name can join us on like one of the upcoming episodes or something. I think that's a fantastic idea. I think that your idea about community participation are, these are all great ideas. We're going to, we're, we're doing it all together. We're doing it live. (laughs) Making it up as we go along, just like in true reality TV fashion. Yes. And thank you. And thank you, the viewer for joining us and making up with us as we go along in true reality TV fashion. And this is where I would play outro music if I decide to put it there. Um, But this time, that's highly unlikely. So uh, thank you for joining us. I'll see you next time. Okay, let me check. Okay, that's the microphone. And I've been introducing my own podcast for a little while, so I'll uh, think of something to say. And uh, this will be like live edit, basically. So okay. I'll I'll just um, well, you know what that means. So yeah. And then you can you can use my first name, Kathy. I'd okay. Like, and then Kathy. what like the handle is fine too, but like okay, it's yeah. Like enough people know me as Kathy mm-hmm. in the thing. But and like so the... me too. Yeah, a lot of people know me as Brian. All the people who know me know me as Brian. So over all these years it's uh, well we can talk about that at some point too or like uh seven layers of of identity yeah like like reality simulacrum yes (laughs) it's actually it's kind of true even through us the mirror is holding up for someone to perhaps uh i don't know analyze all this through we ourselves are like avatars in a way so Let me record this thing because I don't. Oh, actually, I'm switching my phone.
Okay. That's that. And I guess I'll just look at my ceiling. Right here. Okay. And we'll give it a name eventually. Uh, <laughs> let's see. Normally, I would have music. We'll, we'll, we'll think of and talk about that, too. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we need one of those, like, early 90s, like, just yes. generic YouTube soundtracks. I want that, like, that too. Yeah, like... I want, like, a theme that's identifiable but royalty-free. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, something nobody would ever claim the rights to, but perhaps is, you know, something like that. Um, okay. Oh. All right. I'm going to say, I can't say hello and welcome to anything. I'm going to say, hello, I'm Don. No, wait, no. I'm, I'm going to do it real. Hello, I'm Ryan. Nope. Hold on. Let's see. Oh, you can be Flavor of Brian. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I can be Flavor of Kathy. Yes. Like, because we're just a flavor exactly. of it. Perfect. We're not, it's like, it's like LaCroix, yeah. you know? <laughs> yes, that's exactly what I'll say. Okay. Three, two. Hello, and I'm Flavor of Brian Dawn. <laughs> I was waiting. I was just waiting for the follow-up. Um, oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry. You're good. You're, good. You're fine. Okay. <laughs> this is great. This is, this is what you put the end. Okay, we'll do it again. We'll do it again. Okay. Yeah. No, now I'm ready. Now okay. I'm ready. <laughs> Three, two.